Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Man, how's everybody doing? Big Dave Lemon. And my special co-host, Corey Zeitman, today here on Poker Action Line. Uh, Joe is out of the studio, had a, a couple of uh, minor health issues, and uh, hopefully he'll be back right away. He did volunteer to do the show, but I, he had just got actually gotten out of the hospital, and I didn't want to force him to do it. But Corey and I had uh, touched base with each other over the weekend, and I thought he'd be a perfect guest at this time. Obviously, uh, a big part of the uh, poker scene out in Las Vegas during the summers and uh, one of the top uh, stud players in the world. And uh, Corey, we'll talk a little bit about Mike a little later on because Matt Savage is going to join us. We'll get some stories from both of you guys on that. But there are plenty of other things to talk about. Let's start out. I know you have a big project going on. We'll get to that in just a second. But uh, thanks for taking a few minutes to be with me today. Hey, always a pleasure to be with you, Dave. It's uh, You're one of the great guys in poker, and uh, it's always a pleasure. I mean, well, you know, some people you can get along with real easily and you're one of them well i do appreciate that uh things have changed in the last six months obviously uh in every facet of life but uh very much so in poker where the live scene uh, pretty much folded up uh the online scene has kind of stepped in for that i don't know how much online play did you uh take part in before covid uh, 19 came along yeah, I've never really enjoyed. I mean, you know, I have a big mouth. I, I always like the interaction with the other players, and <laughs> it, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, you get some people. You know, you get all kinds of personalities. I always liked it. I utilized online poker mostly in the older days to qualify for major events. Uh, I had qualified every year. I would be able to qualify for the main event at the World Series, which was nice. You know, you save ten thousand dollars there, and. Uh, for a hundred dollars, once I remember qualifying on Poker Stars, I think it was for the uh, Bellagio twenty-five k. So that was nice for a hundred bucks. All you had to do was win two one-table satellite. Uh, well, you had to win a one-table satellite, and then uh, you had to be uh, like there was one seat for every twenty-five players of a mega. Okay. So uh, it was uh, it was nice. It was good to uh, to do. I play occasionally online, but not not often. But uh, it's big now, that's for sure. Well, obviously, uh, they did a pretty good job with the World Series of Poker online series this summer. Unfortunately, uh, there was only a fraction of the entire uh, tournament series that uh, American players were allowed to play. And, of course, you have to live in either uh, Delaware, uh, New Jersey, or Nevada to play. I guess there's other ways around that, maybe. We won't get into that. But <laughs> I, I've heard lots of stories. But uh, there hey, are. I won't talk. <laughs> we, we won't expose anybody for any uh, under the table activities. But let's face it uh, most of the players, most of the winners, uh, people that were making final tables were people we never heard of because uh, they came from all stretches of Europe and, of course, Canada and Mexico as well. But um, it, it's amazing how the poker fan really gets into their favorites and cheering people on that they know. And there's the big names like Helmuth and Negreanu and, and Madison and people like that. But, uh, you know, we just have not, uh, seen those people do that well. And is it be, I don't know, is it because they're not that great 
of playing online or they just don't play as much? Well, I tell you, you know, it's a whole different dynamic. Certainly. I was actually talking to Mike uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, Mike could talk me under the table as you, as you know, he, <laughs> yeah, you know, but he had some health issues. So he uh, wasn't leaving the country, but he said that helmet Phil was, uh, uh, was going to, I think Cabo to play in the world series, you know, guys go to different remote locations uh, right. where they feel mentally it's to their advantage, but it's a definite, you know, it's a different dynamic when you're just playing online, you can't look guys in the eyes. You know, if a guy takes long, you try and read tells online. It's a whole, it's a whole different, you know, ball game certainly, and it's it's certainly not as good for the uh, for the veterans, I think. Well, let's 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 be quite honest. You are a guy who excels at not only looking somebody in the eye and figuring out what they're thinking, but maybe a word or two, a comment here or there that will help shake them up a little bit, and that's part of your game. I'll be quite honest. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would. Look, I like to have fun at the table, and I do talk in my defense, whether I'm winning or losing, hopefully winning, but it's I find it quite easy to get people on tilt at times, and then instead of playing their cards, they, they come at you personally. You know, they want to beat you in the worst way so they don't make the same laydowns, and, you know, with the experience that I would have, I would recognize that they're in that mindset, and I would use it. I would know they're not going to lay it down. They, you know, they just get on tilt so easily. Uh, and yes, that was one of my uh, favorite areas. <laughs> and and I was there when you uh, when you won your bracelet a few years ago out in Las Vegas and watched you play at uh, a table right nearby. Does it is it as effective in a game like that where most of the players are pretty top notch stars? Uh, you know, the younger guys, everything is math with them, so it's not as effective. That's a very good point. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you were one of the first people I saw when I won my bracelet. I appreciate it. That's right. Yeah, you were there. That was like late in the, in the morning, early in the morning. I don't know, like four or five in the morning, maybe. Right. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, these guys, we, you know, I play with groups of guys down in South Florida, uh, when we play our high limit mix game, we know each other really well. So, uh, you know, they don't take me as seriously, so it's not as effective. You know, when we bust each other's chops and whatnot, we uh, we make fun of each other. We bust each other's, you know what? I'm not sure what words I could use on here. <laughs> keep it, keep it uh, PG-13 at worst. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's effective more with people who don't know you as well. Uh, they're more vulnerable to uh, that type of, uh, you know, method, so to speak. But uh, it really works well, you know, at the series and whatnot. It, it's, it's very effective. Younger guys, though, not as effective. Well, your bracelet at the World Series was 2012. Isn't that amazing that that's now eight years ago? Are you rubbing it in, Dave? Huh? No, not, re- not really. Well, I tell these <laughs> nice things about you. And then, is, is, is that your way of saying you haven't done much since 2012, huh? Well, well it's eight years. I mean, hey, uh, I was that's, that's... four this year, you know, so the pandemic messed me up this year. Yeah, absolutely. But you've won other big tournaments at the Seminole Hard Rock yeah. Showdown. You won an eight-game mix, uh, yeah. Coker, Coco Poker Open, and uh, at the Seminole uh, Casino in Coconut Creek. You won a horse tournament there. And that's one of the things I really wanted to ask you about was you're obviously a, a tremendous mixed game player, concentrating mainly on uh, stud and stud high-low. But uh, those games were almost all left out this summer in the World Series uh, online, mainly because of, I guess, restrictions in the technology for some of these companies. Yeah, you know, they 
look, let's face it, you know, they uh, they tried to make up for all that money they lost and uh, the popularity. They just want everyone playing hold'em. They get the bigger draws and whatnot. At the series, you know, they throw it as the uh, afternoon tournament. So uh, it doesn't really hinder their numbers on their hold'em events. But, yeah, the, uh, you know, those mixed games. A lot more people were coming into the mixed games at the series, though. The numbers were were holding steady in 2019, I believe. Uh, there was a lot more popularity getting created. It's very exciting to play a lot of different games. I mean, some events, you know, you name your own game. There could be as many as 20 or 21 different games being played in an event. Pretty well, that, was, that was one of the huge attractions of the World Series to get big tournament games for different, even RAS and in, in, in games like that, you had to wait till the summer and go out there to get into some great stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it's gone forever now. Who knows? Well, I tell you, I want to take some credit here. Uh, the the individual who gave credit to our mixed game in, at Coconut Creek, Phil Huey, uh, won the 50K this year. Right. He's a regular at our mix. And uh, when he got interviewed after the uh, his win in the 50K, he gave tribute to our mixed game in South Florida. He, he said, you know, he plays with a lot of really strong players. Uh and we do have a lot of really strong mixed game players. I mean, we have a who's who's list, actually, of bracelet winners, WSOP and WPT winners. Uh, and, uh, you know, he said it helped them immensely. And it really does keep you sharp. And that's, of course, the huge 50,000 tournament I, uh, that uh, the Grinder won two years out of three. Yeah. Uh, he plays in your game occasionally, yeah. I know, yeah. and a lot of great players down here. So it's not like it's not around. You just have to shoot, uh, search far and wide to try to find a game like that. Yeah. You know, that's what those uh, apps are for. Bravo. We try and keep it up there when we're playing. But, you know, it can be intimidating, you know, when you walk into a room and you see, you know, champions like, you know, Sam Panzica and, you know, Joey Kudin and, you know, a guy like Ms. Rockies currently and actually the two Ms. Rockies. And, uh, you know, we have uh, several other bracelet winners, you know, like Chris Bolick and Jerry. Uh, Jerry Wong. Jerry Wong, of course, is a regular. It's a good friend. And, uh, you know, it's it's there's a lot of hardware in that room. So it's not usual to get a lot of new players, but uh, we do we actually you know, periodically, but it does help you when you then take that game that you played on a regular basis in our mixed game, we'll play as many as 12 to 14 different uh, games. Uh, do you hold your own in a game like that? I tell you, these guys are tough, <laughs> you know, these young guys, man, I'll tell you, you, you give it your best. You gotta, you, you gotta focus the whole way through because they don't play ABC poker. You know, we, you know, there's a lot of maneuvering going on, a lot of bluffing going on. I mean, you'd be amazed. I mean, it's it's a game that would be great to have televised, actually. There were talks about it at times, but it would be a game that, uh, for a mixed game, uh, it's gotten some popularity, that's for sure, some notoriety. We've had, like I said, we had a lot of winners. a matter of fact, the uh, online event, a guy that played in the game many times, a Andrew Kelsall, AJ yeah. just won a yeah, big he, tournament. Just won a he, tournament yesterday, I guess. Yeah, huh? he moved to Vegas, but he played in my game uh, for a while as a regular and I know he he's, he's from the stuff. he's from the Tampa Bay area originally, yeah. I think, and yeah. uh, I've interviewed him a few times. Real nice guy. Uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, televising games, let's get to your project and talk about that a little bit. Uh, you got in touch with me because you're working on a new thing, and 
who knows uh, when these things come out, uh, you know, you'd love to have it uh, be ready to go tomorrow. But, you know, it could be a few weeks, a few months, who knows, maybe even a couple of years. But uh, tell us a little bit about it. It's called Good Beat Poker, which we yeah. don't want to turn anybody off, but people hate bad beat poker. They hate yeah, to I mean, about those kind of things. And this is a different. Absolutely. I mean, got to be positive. I tell you, it's funny, and I'll, and I'll try and condense this as quickly as possible. I wrote for All In Magazine for, for many, many years. And, of course, at the bottom of the column, I have my email address. I get an email one day from an individual asking me a question uh, and making some comments. And he had the same last name as me, Zydman, which is uncommon. Uh, so I was thought it was odd and uh, whatnot. But to make a long story short, we struck up a friendship. And met at the World Series a few times. He's the same age as me. Uh, but there is a major difference. He's a software uh, genius. Uh, his name is Robert Zeidman. He comes from uh, the San Francisco area. He's moved to Vegas since. He's a poker fanatic, but he's extremely su uh, successful. Uh, he's written many books. Uh, one of his books is uh, is a Bible for forensic software I, I don't want to say things incorrectly but uh he has he's an inventor he's an engineer uh, he uh graduated cornell he did his master's in engineering at stanford and he fell in love with poker and he's very successful and he played in some of the major events so as we know there aren't a lot of new innovations in poker that are popular that that are significant uh I've always been very close friends with Henry Orenstein. Of course, we know he invented the uh, – he's hanging in there. He's 96 years old now, <laughs> Dave. That's not easy. And he was playing poker up until the pandemic, believe it or not, at his home in New York City. I played in it. Personally credited with uh, giving the game of poker success on TV. Yeah, absolutely. The, I mean, The, lip, the lipstick camera is what he invented. Yeah. I mean, the camera and the table made it interesting. And that's what it's, people want to tune in and, and be interested Anyway, so Bob tells me one day that he has a, a really strong idea that he's got patents for and he's developing software, et cetera, et cetera. And now uh, this is the first show that I'm going to be talking about it on. And it could be something huge in poker. Uh, it, it's called Good Beat Poker. People can sign up for free right now. There's nothing happening yet, but it's being developed. It'll come out in a few months, goodbeatpoker.com. And... It's going to be all kinds of different facets to it, but imagine yourself tuning in, whether it's on live stream or on television, and you have a table of known poker stars and celebrities, uh, and uh, you can tune in. For instance, let's say Mike Matisseau and Phil Helmuth are in a hand together, and there's nine players at the table, and Mike uh, raises pre-flop, and now Phil is deciding what to do. Now, Phil is going to be talking out loud. This is going to be on a half-hour delay like the World Series broadcast. Now, Phil is saying, gee, Mike keeps raising like this. He only does it when he's in position. I'm going to test him because I think he's weak this time, and I'm going to come over the top. Now, Phil says this out loud. The only one that can hear this is the audience, is you, the viewer. No one else at the table can hear this. So you're getting in the into the mind of Phil Helmuth and what his thought process is while he's making this move. Now, he makes the move and he comes over the top. Now, bingo, we're back to Mike. And Mike doesn't know 
what Phil just said to the studio audience or to the viewer at home. And so now Mike says, I know Phil made me as weak. I purposely sent out some weakness tells, let's say, and he fell for it. Now I'm going to come back at him. So you have all these players at the table and they're going to be the best players in the world. I've been in talks with people like, well, people want me and Jennifer Harmon after all these years, everyone still talks about my quote unquote slow roll, which we all know didn't happen. But, uh, so we're scheduled to play at that first table, me, Jennifer, people like Michael, the grinder Mizraki and uh, Mike Mattiso, uh good friend, Gabe Kaplan uh, is probably going to be at the table. Another friend of mine, a celebrity, uh, uh, is definitely interested in maybe participating. Kevin Pollack, I'm sure you guys have seen him. Uh, the, the, the actor, great player. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to have, I, I spoke uh, the other day. Uh, we want people personalities because we want the viewers to be, you know, held captive, you know, captive audience. Viffer, I feel, uh, you know, David Pete, you know, you've seen him many times on the different shows. He's quite a personality. So we're looking to get, great poker personalities uh, to participate. And I have yet to speak to one of the big names that isn't interested. Everyone thinks it's an amazing idea. And the greatest part is you're going to see the interaction uh, and you're going to be able to tune in and follow whichever player at the table. I'm not a software genius like, like Bob's Ivan is, but you're going to be able to tune in and you could like, you're going to be able to listen to whoever you want, whenever you want, and there's going to be table banter, but each player is going to have the ability with the software to mute out the other players okay. so they can't hear them. It's an incredible concept and based on, unfortunately, what's happened to poker recently. Let's face it. Poker right now is kind of, I don't want to say it's not dead, but right now it's in a holding pattern to see what's going to happen next. And each one of the players that's going to be at Good Beat Poker is going to be playing remotely from their home, their hotel, you know, wherever they might be. Everyone's going to be remote. No one's going to be at the table together. I guess I did it. But you're going to see it on your computer screen or on your TV screen. And it's going to be incredibly exciting. And not only that, but this site is going to be delving into, for instance, let's say, Dave, there's an odds boards, an odds boards up like the Rio did. Remember when they was having odds for final tables? Right. I made a couple of bets myself out there. Yeah. How would you like to, when this table starts, be able to make a bet and say, I'm going to take Madison at five to one, let's right. say. Right. So these are all ideas that are being bantered around, but you're going to get into the minds of the greatest players on the planet. And you're going to have personalities and you're going to have different matchups. And there's going to be multi-table tournaments is in the works. It's going to be all kinds of different poker concepts. And it seems like it might become, I mean, everyone seems to think it's a great idea as I do. And we'll see what happens. Well, I, the one thing I can definitely feel is uh, going to be the future of this is that it's going to be a tremendous learning tool. When you uh, are able, I'll tell you what's, what's not revolutionary right now is the fact that you can get some players thoughts on why they played a hand or what they were thinking about when they were making a decision, but it would probably be only them on maybe like a Negranu channel or, or somewhere on Twitch where the player, you can see what they are, but to have a, a forum where you could go from player to player and get like maybe three or four different guys and what they're thinking about a hand before they actually make the play is absolutely incredible. 
Yeah, I mean, you actually said it better than I did. <laughs> you really <laughs> did. Thank you. That's why they yeah, pay me the I mean, big I was bucks. rambling around a little bit because I'm really excited about this. And, you know, when Bob told me he wanted to talk to me about this and we spoke the next day, you know, he's such a nice guy. He's he's a brilliant man. He is a genius. You could look up his Wikipedia page, Robert Zyman. It's like a list of awards. He actually was hired by Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook. Okay. The, he helped him in a major lawsuit. He, he's like an expert witness. He does all these things with software. Uh, and I anticipated the idea would be one where I'd say, Bob, uh-uh, that's not going to work. And I was surprised that he told me about this, like I've told you about it only within the last couple of days. And now, and who wouldn't want to watch this? I mean, how could you not be excited about it? Have you uh, enlisted the help of some TV people? We were talking about Maury Escondari earlier, but maybe like a Todd Anderson from uh, Poker Night in America. America, You know, we're going to be in talks. This is at the beginning stages. When I say beginning stages, things happen rapidly. But uh, what we're going to first do is it's going to be like live streamed. And people, like I said, are going to be able to sign up and view this for free. Uh, when it starts, you know, like I said, you could look at the uh, website, goodbeatpoker.com, and you'll see you could just sign up as simple as that, not pay any money. And the first few broadcasts are going to be for free. And then we're going to decide what direction, which network to go, whether it's with Maury, you know, or Carrie Katz, you know, with Poker Go, you never know, or it could be Poker Night in America. You know, we, we've got a pool of players the biggest names in poker and celebrities. And there's also going to be an announcer that's going to question the players. Right. It's, it's going to be, uh, I mean, we're going to see how it develops, but it's, it's, it's in the grassroots stages right now. By the end of the year, we expect that first table to happen. Uh, hopefully by December, maybe sooner, but you know, probably by December. And then, uh, It'll branch off into, I mean, there's going to be big cash prize, uh, big prizes involved, great value. People will be playing for, for a lot at stake. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting. Very I can exciting. see, I can see one of the toughest things to, uh, to get this off the ground is the technology part of it, which I don't know that much about. Nor do uh, I. But as far as uh, how you juggle the different players, I guess if you have it on a half-hour tape delay, you'll have time to edit that together. But, uh, you know, it's very easy to miss maybe a very cogent comment from one player while another one's talking, and and to to juggle all the different personalities together cannot be uh, a breeze. Well, I tell you, that's why, you know, Bob keeps me updated on the software, and to me it's, you know, another language, but these software people you know they know their stuff and uh it's going to be quite interesting to see and like you said people are going to be able to choose if they want to tune in to each and you know which player at different times or just the table as as a whole and uh but there will also be table banter amongst the players but when they don't want they they can mute themselves out when they don't want to be heard uh, not only that, they'll be able to cover their mouth so, so no one can even read their lips. Did, Bob tells me, you know, he keeps me updated on all these developments. And I'm interested to see how they're going to pull it off because, you know, but when Bob tells me he's got a, you know, his credibility is uh, is quite incredible with this. So if he tells me something, I'm very comfortable knowing he's going to make it happen. Uh, for instance, how are we going to shut Negranu up? 
Yeah, well, you know, they're going to have uh, someone standing next to him maybe with a sock, <laughs> you know? Uh, he's actually someone I haven't spoke to yet. But, yeah, Daniel likes to do all the talking, that's for sure. Well, I'm yeah, just thinking uh, right off the bat, this summer when these guys were um, – you know, on their uh, on their own uh, shots there. Matiso for one, Negranu for the other. Uh, yeah. Now we know uh, Matiso is, is is liable to fly off the handle at any second, but everybody always thought Negranu was this perfectly nice guy, and he had two significant blowups during the series that were caught on camera and maybe damaged his reputation a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's, quite frankly, uh, it's bizarre. Uh, you know, I can attribute it to the fact that Mike has been experiencing, and I don't want to make excuses, uh, but I guess I am to some extent. He's been experiencing a lot of severe health conditions. And uh, look, I, you know, when you're in pain, you know, maybe you just, uh, you know, lose your mind a little bit at times. Yeah. But I know he's very sorry for what happened. Uh, we did speak at length you know, just a couple of weeks ago because he's someone that I do want involved with this. And, uh, you know, we all make mistakes. I mean, like, you remember, what was it, Scotty Wynn that time? And that, uh, was it the 50K that year? It was amazing. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how embarrassing. And Scotty Wynn was always considered one of the nicest guys in poker. Mike, I've worked with, um, you probably don't remember this, we did a pilot together for a show called Ace in the House that I hosted. And so I spent a lot of time with Mike. He has a huge heart. He's really as nice as they come. So he made a real big mistake there. And I'm sure he regrets it. And, uh, you know, again, we all make mistakes. This world right now is at a crazy uh, time, you know, with everyone experiencing uh, this COVID. I know Mike himself, because of his health issues, he's locked inside. He's uh, definitely in quarantine because of his health issues. So, you know, looking at the four walls a bit, you know, maybe, yeah, uh, not you, know, not, you know, it's, 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 a, it's tough to adapt to that. We all know this. Yeah, uh, we're talking, we're talking with Corey Zeidman and uh, Corey's been on my show several times over the years. And uh, uh, at one time he mentioned it briefly, but was known for uh, a supposed slow roll against Jen Harmon in a big tournament and uh, probably took years to live that down. And maybe you still hear about it. Uh, I hear about it all the time. No, Dave, Jennifer and I have been speaking recently because of this new project. She laughs. She loves the fact that she's always saying she's sorry as she's laughing because everyone looks at her as the angel in poker and she still gets asked about it all the time. I've never seen anything like it because they keep bringing it up again. They keep reposting the videos and all that. It's one of the most watched hands in poker history. And uh, but she gets a big chuckle. I, it doesn't bother me. I, look, anytime I go to a poker room now, it's I was on a I play basketball. I, I still actively play basketball. No baloney. A week ago, a guy, tall guy in his 20s, I was playing in a basketball game with. He said, do you mind me asking you a question? And I keep my personal life personal in poker. I don't publicize uh, outside of poker. And uh, he goes to me, is your name Corey Zeidman? I go, yeah. He goes, are you a professional poker player? And he brought up the Jennifer Harmon hand. This is a week ago on a basketball court. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, Pretty yeah, crazy. I don't really talk about it too. <laughs> well, Corey does own a World Series of Poker bracelet. He won the seven-card stud high-low event back in 2012, and he's won several tournaments since then. Uh, usually goes out to Vegas this year. 
Yeah. Did you play in any online WSOP events this year? No, no, I didn't. Uh, like I said, I'm not huge on the online thing and whatnot, but I, I'm in South Florida. Uh, if, if you don't mind me mentioning one thing I did want to mention, you brought up stud, obviously, you know, my reputation is big in stud. I was just told about an hour ago, someone I played with for many years, and I hate to bring up a negative, uh, a, a lifetime great stud play. She also played in a lot of Hold'em events. Her name is Lois Bovitt. That's Lois Bovitt. She she actually just passed away uh, yesterday or, or today uh, at 86. And she played right up until she played right up until, uh, you know, COVID happened. Uh, I don't even know what she passed away of, but it was sudden. And she was a wonderful, wonderful person. Everyone. She's extremely well known in the poker world. Uh, she could be looked up. She did well in a lot of Hold'em tournaments. She kind of switched and started playing Hold'em. Just a wonderful person. You know, you know, like we all know, we just lost Mike Sexton. I know you're going to, you know, Matt is going to uh, be on soon. And uh, sure, we'll talk about Mike Sexton, who was as good as it gets. Uh, but, you know, poker needs people like that. I mean, people who are always pleasant. It's so nice to play with people who are pleasant, who don't berate players, things of that nature. Uh, but, yeah, Lois, I just wanted to send my condolences to Lois Bovitt's family. She was a wonderful person that I knew for many, many years you know, for decades and was uh, a friend and someone always a pleasure uh, to uh, to see. Well, I uh, I hope Matt will be able to join us. I didn't mention it earlier, but uh, Matt Savage uh, was going to come on. We'll talk a little bit about Mike uh, Sexton and some of the things that went on with Matt this summer. Uh, we're hoping he joins us after the break, but I, I do want to just mention briefly that mixed game players, a lot of the big names from the past really gravitated to mixed games. People like Linda Johnson, uh, Mike Sexton was one of them as well, that played in a lot of those mixed game tournaments, really loved them. And and it's really a shame that we're, we've been missing out on a lot of that uh, this summer. Yeah, I mean, mixed games, I feel we're on the rise. People would get curious. We'd get them more when we would play our mixed game at the Hard Rock, we'd get more people because you have more traffic there. But people would dabble in it. People would sit down. And we were always very cordial, you know, Obviously, it's good to get newbies into the game. I mean, it's, you know, financially a good thing. But people would be curious. And there's a lot of new games that are played now. And, uh, yeah, Mike Sexton was a great mixed game player. Yeah. Uh, more, more stud, he was learning the mixed games. You know, he didn't have a lot of free time. But I played cash with Mike many times. And uh, there's another guy. I mean, just – he, I never heard him complain. I mean, he would take beats, you know, like we all do. Just always so pleasant. And Mike, you know, the, the funny thing is, and you know, hopefully Matt will get on soon. And uh, the first poker tournament of my life, I played at Foxwoods, and uh, it was a, it was a big buy-in. It was a two thousand dollar buy-in stud championship, actually. And I thought I knew what I was doing. And this was when Foxwood was pretty much first open. So we're talking, I guess, would that be the 90s maybe? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And uh, luckily, I actually made the final table. And I didn't know who anyone was. And uh, they announced, they gave us all an introduction at the start of the final table. And uh, uh, Ted Forrest was at the final table. Uh, I remember that. And John Benetti, who is no longer with us. And... Mike Sexton was the chip leader, wow. and uh, he ended up uh, winning it, actually. Wow. But, yeah, he was a great stud player. Stud, stud eight, awesome. I played at final tables with him at the series even, and many tables with him. 
this past, uh, you know, in 2019, had some good conversations with Mike. Uh, crazy. You know, yeah, that's I, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy it's how life good. works. Yeah. Uh, more stories when we come back after the break. I do want to let people know that uh, they can always drop me a line at LemonDave, L-E-M-M-O-N, Dave at Yahoo.com. If they have any suggestions for the show, future guests, maybe some stories they'd love us to mention on the air. Uh Certainly, give us a give us an idea. And when you pick up the show, whether it's on SoundCloud or Spotify or any place you get your podcasts, be sure and rate the show, uh, subscribe to it, and uh, maybe drop a note or two and let us know what you would like to see on there as well. Uh, we'll be back with more of the show when we come back. Corey Seiden, my, my co-host tonight. And we're hoping Matt Savage will join us after the break. We'll see what happens uh, with that. He's uh, obviously a very busy man. He said he thought he was going to be able to do it, but we'll see what happens when we return. It's Poker Action Line, and we'll be back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Corey Zeidman here on tonight's edition of Poker Action Line. Matt Savage, uh, tournament director extraordinaire, joins us uh, by phone from California. And we'll do the best we can with our situation. But uh, you wouldn't think in today's world of technology that we'd be holding up a telephone to a microphone. But we'll hope that's the best way we can get him on tonight. Uh, Matt, can you hear me okay? That sounds good. Uh, Yeah, I'm in Vegas, actually. But yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm sorry to take you off the golf course there. Uh, Corey and I have been talking a little bit about a few things, but we kind of saved the discussion about Mike Sexton until you got on. And I know, uh, you know, it's a horrible time and, and, and very sad because Mike was maybe the most beloved person ever in the world of poker. Yeah. What we're finding out now is, you know, as he, you know, we found out that he was sick and uh, going through the passing, people are just finding out how much they really loved and, and, and thought of him. It's one of those things where it's just somebody that you always expect to be around the game and always expect uh, to be in your life. And when he's gone, it just leaves a big hole for everybody. I know from the very beginning of the World Poker Tour and the televised shows, he was on from the beginning until 2017. That was the thing that shocked me, that he's been off now for three years. But, of course, he was uh, doing some of the stuff he loved. In fact, uh, started in the business with Party Poker when they first started and was back as the uh, chairman of that uh, company. Yeah, he definitely missed me with the World Poker Tour. But we always included Mike in everything we did. And luckily, we were able to do some events with Party Poker uh, towards the end there. And uh, really kept us involved. And he, he never really, he was always around the World Poker Tour, so uh, we always just considered him part of the family, uh, as we do on the World Poker Tour. Uh, what is the feeling out there in the poker community? I mean, we've seen this stuff on Twitter and that sort of thing, but uh, obviously he was super close with Linda Johnson, you, yourself, Jan Fisher, and the people out there. And of course, did so much for charity working with Linda and Jan on Poker Gives. And uh, was everybody, I guess he want, kind of wanted to keep it a secret for a long time. How long have you known that he's been sick? Uh, you know, he had uh, cancer four years ago. And it kind of knew some remission, and then it came back. And this time when it came back, uh, it was 
prostate cancer, and then it started to get into his organs. So we've known for some time, um, but Mike wanted to keep it to himself. You know, he was not that guy that, you know, was out there looking for sympathy. He really, really wanted to keep it uh, in, inside of a close fit with his close family and friends. And it, only when it leaked out towards the end there that uh, he had cancer is when he really saw all the outpouring of emotion from everybody in the poker industry. And uh, he really felt it, and he know, he knew he knew it at the end that how much he was loved and how much he'd be missed. And uh, I think that was a, a really special thing for him to know uh, before he did pass on. Yeah, he was very generous with his time. I've interviewed him several times on the show, and uh, uh, not only about his poker uh, exploits, but he always told me he was uh, wanted to be recognized as a great player and not so much as a broadcaster. Yeah, definitely. You know, when he took over with the World Poker Tour, you know, he had done so many things for poker already. He was already the great ambassador, but he had so much success on the felt uh, that rarely gets talked about, and he really took it a little personal when somebody said he was just a commentator. Uh, he always felt as himself as a player first, and if you look at his record, uh, he proves it. He proves it, for sure. He, uh, of course, was involved in the very beginning with Party Poker, ended up getting out of the company. He said he got a nice payday of about $15 million, but if he had stuck around, he might have made $500 million. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he said. He said that you know, the thing was, is that he always wanted to be playing an event. And, you know, in the early days of the World Poker Tour, he wasn't able to play in those events. Uh, Steve Lipscomb had said that it wouldn't be a good look if he were to be actually playing in those events. So that's why it was so great when later uh, later on, when they changed their mind, he actually took down a event, a title, at the WPT Montreal. So uh, that was always a very special moment in his career and in his life. Now, now, because of the uh, pandemic this summer, we had the World Series of Poker online involved with Gigi Poker. And then right as that ended, uh, the WPT, who you've worked with for a long time, uh, got off their online series. They're currently in the main event, I think, down to the final 38 players. Uh, but that has been a, been a great success as well. Tell us about uh, how much you're involved in that. I have been involved with that. Party Poker has been a great partner, and uh, I've been commentating a lot of the final tables, which I'll be doing again tomorrow on the World, World Poker Tour Twitch channel. So uh, if you want to tune in for that, we are going to be live streaming that. Uh, we have great partnership there with them, with Party Poker. And uh, they did hit the $10 million guarantee. So first place tomorrow is going to be about $1.7 million, And uh, it's getting down to the final table uh, pretty soon today. Yeah, you got a chance this afternoon to watch on uh, Twitter your uh, the Savage Beat and some, going over some of the hands of the tournament. Uh, You've come a long way since Lucky You. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. I always love that you get that plug in for Lucky You. <laughs> I still say you should have won an Emmy or an Oscar. An Oscar, excuse me. <laughs> you, you overcame that, though, Matt. Very good. Uh, tell us about what the plan is for the end of this tournament. Is this what we're going to see uh, in future years? Hopefully, you know, everybody talks about getting back to normalcy and hoping that we can have a World Series of Poker main events sometime later in the year. There's lots of talks about a lot of different things, but is this the future of poker right now, as scary as that might seem? I think we're going to get back out there. I know that, you know, where you're at in Sonoma, Hard Rock, uh, Florida, South Florida, they're already getting back and running some events. And, you know, we're planning already for some events live. 
And you know what? To be to be fair, we really haven't had a lot of break uh, breakout cases in these poker rooms that are open right now. So that makes me very hopeful that uh, it'll be fine in the future. What we need to do is get some of the international travel back uh, and get people more comfortable feeling about uh, traveling across the country. But as of right now, you know, we're just in the planning stages. But uh, live poker will be back. I think people uh, love online poker, but I think also love live poker. And a lot of people out there are missing getting out there on the live television. But you know what? It leaves people like Corey out of the picture. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, Matt, I've been at the Hard Rock in Hollywood a handful of times in the last few weeks. The room is getting pretty crowded. The the people uh, are are starting to come back to it over there. Yeah, Bill Mason and his team out there, they do such a great job, and they're really making it safe. You know, a lot of people feel safer there than they do going to the supermarket. So it's one of the things that if you are out there playing poker, uh, they have to do a lot of things that probably should have been done uh, a long time ago, right? You know, we should have been taking some of these precautions long ago. And I think some of these things are going to stick with us. And I think it's going to make for a better experience for our live poker as well. Uh, getting back to Mike Sexton a little bit, can you give us any uh, really interesting stories that you may be saving for the tribute, which I hear is coming still, but uh, any stories on your years of dealing with him uh, on the World Poker Tour? Yeah, I'll break one live here today that I haven't told yet, but I'm going to do it at the tribute next week. I'm actually hosting a tribute show on Twitch uh, and uh, Zoom next week. So hope you'll be able to tune into that and uh, maybe even come in and speak and say a few words. But, uh, yeah, Mike did not like May All Your Cards Be Live and Your Pops Be Monsters. He actually huh. hated that. Wow. He did not like what? That phrase that he coined. Oh, okay. Like, oh, may all your cards be monsters. Did they make him do that? His tagline, he didn't even like it, but it kind of grew on him because everybody would come up and they would, like in random spots, like in airports and things like that, people would come up to him and say, may all your cards be live and your pots be monsters. So he kind of grew on him and uh, he ended up liking it. Uh, but, you know, there's so many great stories to tell and I'm looking forward to those coming out uh, next week on uh, podcast. You know, it seemed to like Mike touched so many different people in so many different ways. So I'm excited to hear those stories, and uh, I'm looking very forward to that tribute. And the World Poker Tour has uh, moved on. Obviously, life goes on, and uh, Mike's been out of the scene for about three years. Uh, Tony Dunst has done a terrific job, and, of course, a uh, longtime uh, partner of Vince, uh, Vince Van Patten, longtime partner, broadcast partner of uh, Mike Sexton, has uh, stepped right into the void and done a great job as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that uh, Tony Dunst, He's a great broadcaster. You know, he doesn't, uh, it's a little unfair for him that he had to step into Mike Sexton's shoes as, you know, being the guy that was so beloved. But I think he's done a wonderful job. Tony Dunst uh, is an excellent broadcaster. We're very, very lucky to have him as well. Let me just ask you real quickly. uh, I know that you were a guy that used to play in the World Series of Poker out at the Rio uh, year in, year out. Not a lot of events, but maybe getting one or two. Uh, Did you try to play a few online events this year? I played one. Uh, Omaha or better. I like the mixed games, and unfortunately, the series they didn't have any, so they did have only the one uh, uh, Omaha or better. So I did play in that. No, no good. But uh, yeah, I long for the days where we can go back and play live poker, and you know, those are the, the events I like to play. And uh, hopefully, we can do that. If not in the near future, next year. Yeah, Corey and I were talking about that earlier, that uh, the whole series, whether it's because of technical reasons or whatever, we really had almost no mixed games this summer, and that was a huge disappointment for me personally. 
Yeah, it is. It is. It's for a lot of people, you know. And and the fact that we're not out at uh, Seminole Hard Rock for us is very, very unfortunate. Uh, we love going down there. They do such a great job. So, uh, you know, we're just happy that they're still a partner on the World Poker Tour. Everything's safe in your life up there. You're a longtime Californian, and things are just horrible with the fires out there. Are you, is, are you staying safe and, and having your property protected? Yeah, I actually live in Las Vegas, so that's the good news. Uh, but bad news is the California fires are blowing into uh, even southern Nevada. So, uh, yeah, it's been a very, very crazy time. We're all looking for to get out of 2020, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. This this year cannot go by quick enough. Uh, so one last time, uh, your t- tribute to Mike Sexton will be carried on your Twitch channel. Nope, it's going to be on. You can find it on any of my uh, my uh, social media, but also on the World Poker Tour. And it's going to be on Zoom. It'll be on Twitch. It'll be on YouTube, and it'll be on Facebook. So you'll be able to see it in four different spots. But uh, yeah, definitely would love to have anybody uh, come onto the show. And has a story to tell about Mike Sexton. There are just so many. Uh, you know, we look forward to that. And uh, people are reaching out to me all the time. And uh, it's going to be a great tribute, I can tell you that. I know it's very common when people pass away that uh, people tend to glorify them only remembering the good times. But I've never heard a bad word said about Mike Sexton. Uh, I've got a couple stories. I'm going to say tribute. So, yeah, i got a couple stories. <laughs> Well, be careful out there. Listen, thanks for taking the time. Sorry we didn't uh, smoothly uh, integrate you into the show, but we do appreciate your thoughts, and uh, people always want to hear from you and what you have to say. Anytime, Dave. Thank you very much. You guys do a great job, and I love seeing you out there every time I'm in South Florida. Okay, and Corey says, uh, he said, next time you're on the show, we'll talk a little bit about seven-card stud rules. Actually, Matt's a good horse player. Matt and I played horse at the uh, table a few times at the series together. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. That's yeah. correct. No double yeah. bets in uh, no. Yeah, don't, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, we'll talk to you later. Conversation yet. You know that, Matt. Yeah, Say it I again. Know, I know. <laughs> We're not done with that conversation yet, Matt. <laughs> he was dying to work that into the show, but I held him off, so I think you're okay. Which, listen, Matt, thanks Good for the job, time. Good job. Later. Okay. Take it easy. Matt Savage, uh, of course, uh, longtime tournament director for the uh, the executive tournament director for the World Poker Tour. And, uh, you know, what a, what a great life. He uh, lived all those years in the San Francisco area, and now he lives in Vegas, and uh, he's living the dream. Yeah, I tell you. I mean, uh, he's all <laughs> over the place, right? Yeah, for sure. Listen, uh, Joe uh, Costello, I want to take one more break here on the show. Uh, we will come back and uh, finish things up in, on the show tonight. Uh, Corey Seidman joining me this evening. Matt Savage, we appreciate his time to talk a little bit about Mike Sexton. Obviously, you can check that out. I think he said, what did he say, uh, September 22nd, I think. It's 22nd, yeah. 22nd. Uh, check out the different Twitch channels. You could search the World Poker Tour or Mike Sexton and uh, get involved in that tribute to him next week on Tuesday. We certainly look forward to that. We'll come back and finish things up on another edition of the show, Poker Action Line. Of course, you can always get us 
on anywhere you get your podcasts, including Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, the Holden Radio Network carries us every week. Poker Fuse podcast page, you can pick us up there. Or you can go to the website, uh, PokerActionLine.com, and get some of the past shows. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, Good Beat Poker and uh, a few things happening in the world out there this summer. Uh, Corey Zeidman joining me tonight, and we'll be back to finish things up when we return on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. And their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the program, Big Dave Lemon, Corey Zeidman, as we finish things up. You can edit all this out, Corey. Don't worry about it. You don't know all the things that are on behind the scenes here. Uh, I have confidence in you. <laughs> Uh, a little bit about uh, some other poker news. Uh, I wanted to ask you about this Mike Postel story. Have you followed that at all? This guy that Dumb. cheated out, out in California. Didn't uh, he get away with it now? He pretty much walked. Uh, they did have uh, they did reinstate the lawsuit in a little bit different form, and it was just pu- uh, put on um, the news today or the last couple of days that uh, sixty of the eighty-eight plaintiffs will be accepting an undisclosed settlement on the case. Wow. So they will get some money. I, I wouldn't think it would be all that huge, but uh, Veronica Brill is not one of them. I, I tell you, I mean, they're going to haunt this guy forever if he doesn't give back the money. I'm sure they're going to, uh, you know, this is crazy. I mean, how could pe- people getting away with this stuff? It's so bad for poker. It's yeah. such a shame. You know, well, with all these scandals and stuff. That's why well, there's, there's even more stuff coming out this week on this one guy that used all kinds of uh, uh, artificial means to help his game. He went from a, a nothing player to winning lots of money. And his roommates basically kicked him out of the house in Europe for for doing this kind of cheating. But, you know, really? people will take advantage when they get the chance. There's no question about it. Uh, but it is horrible for the game, especially online where. 
Kristen Bicknell, who I've had on the show before, is just a sweetheart and a tremendous player. Won a bracelet this summer. And the yeah. first thing people are talking about is, oh, well, her boyfriend must have been playing for her. Unbelievable. You know, I tell you, if you have solid accusations, it's one thing. But just to throw things out there, that's horrible. I've heard nothing but good things about her. I don't know her personally. But some of the guys, you know, they say nothing but nice things about her. Yeah, she's very much a sweetheart. But, uh, uh, you know, she's uh, obviously done something for women. And speaking of women in the game, you know that I've always kind of pushed, uh, you know, that side of the game, hoping that we could get a lot more women to play the game. But the second place finisher in the main event this summer, $27 million prize pool. She finishes second. Uh, a woman from China was uh, the second place finisher. And then a couple days later, Miss Global Iran, a former Miss Global Iran, ran a beauty wow. queen we won a tournament so uh seriously i'm yeah. not up on these online things i gotta get more up on it now that i'm gonna be involved on <laughs> i yeah, gotta know sure. that great stuff on card player which i visit often by the way uh mike speaking of mike sexton there's a great story on there right now uh written by uh houston curtis who uh, wrote a book he was a guy that was involved in some of these uh big money games, these uh, underground games that Molly Bloom was involved in. And he wrote a great book and talked about some of the actors and some of the Hollywood people that play in some of these games. But there's a great story on there today about Mike Sexton and how he brought a billionaire to one of the games one time. Wow. Uh, that's that's on the site right now. It's called uh, Playing High Stakes Hollywood Hold'em with Poker Ambassador Mike Sexton. So check that out if you get a chance. Uh, other poker news. We're down to the final 38 in the main event of the World Series of, or I'm sorry, the WPT online. Down to actually down to the final 24. The chip leader is from Russia, Artur Martirosian. Bert Stevens of the United Kingdom is currently second, and Tiun Mulder third. Again, a lot of guys that we never heard of, but I can tell you that uh, currently in eighth place in chips is Ola Shemian, who's a very well well known European player. Any Americans doing good in it? Uh, no, no Americans, but of course they might be playing from a country over there and from America. Yeah, but the names, I mean, I'm, so, I'm sure my, a lot of my buddies from down here are in there. Well, well I know a lot of them are. Uh, Sean Deeb did play in the tournament, got knocked out 65th. Timothy yeah. Adams, 81st. <laughs> uh, let's see, who else uh, made it deep? Benjamin Roll, I, I don't know if you know him or not. Uh, Dave, Davidi Katai is also, uh, also was playing in there. But anyway, they're on day three, and they'll be finishing up on the 16th, which is tomorrow, and finish up for a champion there. Uh, is it going to be like uh, the uh, guys with in the Major League Baseball, the home run hitters that were uh, caught with steroids? Is there going to be an asterisk after uh, the name of this year's champion at the WPT or at the WSOP? I think in actuality it's not the same animal. I mean, it really isn't. Uh, it is, you know, look, it is what it is. I mean, it's not the same competition, not the numbers, not the, it's a different, uh, it's a different ball game. I mean, it's, it's a championship and they deserve all the credit for winning that, but it's not like winning, uh, let's say an 8,000 or however, you know, how many people are in the main event. Uh, you know, it's a different tournament, but it's look winning a tournament's great, whether it be online or, you know, or in person, uh, I certainly hope there were rumors that we were going to have a World Series later in the year, but I guess maybe that's not going to happen now. Yeah, I haven't heard much about that. Uh, I was going to ask Matt, one of the things uh, that's happening in California is uh, the poker rooms are almost all closed, but Bay 101, his former room, is actually set up a tent outdoors and they're able to play games outdoors there. One of two places out in California they're playing poker at. Well, like I said, the hard rock down here, there was – 
I mean, they've had a lot of games going at once, and they have something called the uh, the clean team. Right. You know, they if you, if someone gets out of their chair, you know, anyone leaves the table, they clean. They're really on top of the details there, which they have to be now. Um, you know, a lot of people have different viewpoints and all that stuff, but nothing wrong with being extra careful, certainly. Um, but that's why good beat poker is going to be picking up the ball <laughs> and running. I tell you, you're going to see. I want to get back to that, but uh, have you? You said you played a few times live. Hey, can you handle the plexiglass in between the players and in between you and the dealer? The, uh, I mean, you know, it's something that has to be tweaked. I think you know, there has to be a level of security as far as cleanliness and safety. You can't argue with that, certainly. Uh, but having the mask on and the plexiglass, maybe that's and the dealers sometimes can't hear as well. Uh, so I've seen certain problems with that. I think that if you're wearing the mask, maybe the plexiglass could be done away with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you're wearing a mask. Well, there's different viewpoints out there, right? On when they first yeah. uh, reopened some of these rooms, I had uh, Noah Carbone from uh, Palm Beach Kennel Club, and they were completely against having any kind of separations in between the players. They felt like keeping players at the same table, uh, limiting the dealer to two dealers per table, and then if a guy took a break, he would have one backup, but not move these dealers around the, the room. How does that change the game for you? Well, I tell you, let's face it, everyone's guessing. I mean, it's, that's just reality. I, I personally think, I mean, everyone has their viewpoints. I think we've all been exposed to the virus. I really do. I believe that. And uh, I think wearing a mask certainly gives you the proper amount of protection while you're at a table. I think it's smart. I think maybe dealers uh, could deal maybe for 45 minutes or an hour at a stretch as opposed to half hour. Uh, they do clean the chips every two hours that are in the dealer's well at the Hard Rock. They do that. Uh, someone's going to have to lead the way in this. And someone's going to – I mean, let's hope, let's hope that there's some normalcy brought back to live poker within the next – I mean, look, people's safety is paramount. We know that. Uh, not going to get political here, certainly. Just, you know, everyone wants to be safe and yeah. people make choices in life. I mean, yeah. uh, people do all kinds. People go skydiving, let's say. People do right. these different things. So people make choices. Uh, I don't think the plexiglass is needed. I think yeah. it's really annoying. Yeah. And the spaces are tight to some extent. I mean, I, to people. I got to agree with that. Well, your final thought on uh, playing online versus live, you obviously feel it takes more talent to win in live play. Yeah, I mean, live play, you see people. You know what they're doing. I mean, uh, you could look through somebody. People weaken when you're staring and you're looking at them. And they give away tells in conversation all the time. People don't realize it. It's very prevalent. Live tells are a big part of poker. That's why I've always said people shouldn't be permitted to even wear sunglasses at the table. Right. You know, you should be able to. That's part of the game. You know, look someone in the eye. Let them try and read you. I think that's an element of poker that should exist. Online's different. Online could be really entertaining, as we're going to show you, but uh, it's a different game, totally different game. I, I really uh, believe that. Last bit of news, A.J. Kelsall that we uh, mentioned earlier. Uh, he was from the Tampa Bay area, I think in Clearwater at one point. Uh, he goes under the name of Randy Lurch online. Yeah. He won the uh, Global Casino Championship, which was the – 
season ender for the World Series of Poker Circuit. And uh, he won that tournament winning 275000 uh, beating Michael Trivet and Brad Albrink at the final table. Michael Wang finished fourth and uh, uh, Sam Cosby was sixth. Anyway, uh, let's finish things up with uh, good beat poker because I think we intrigue people with your little bit of a description, the first part of the program. Uh, where do you stand right now and when will we be hearing more about it? Well, we expect to have the first actual table take place by the end of the year. And we're going to allow people to sign up for free at goodbeatpoker.com. It's going to be the most exciting thing to happen to poker. I truly believe that. I know people think I'm just promoting it. I am promoting it. But if I didn't fully believe in it, I wouldn't be involved with it. I think it's an incredible innovation. And it's perfect for the time that we're in. And it could, it could certainly uh, create the new wave of poker and how it's going to be viewed. And Never before have people been able to get into the actual thought process of the best players in the world. And let's face it, the, these players, we're talking about world champions who are putting their reputation on the line live. You know, it's going to be on a tape delay, but this is going to be in real time. And they're going to give their live reads about what they think the other players are doing. Uh, you know, they'll notice a betting pattern. They'll notice every time... You know, you know, maybe it's Mattisau against Helmuth. You know, Mattisau will be like, every time Helmuth raises two-thirds of the pot, he seems to be strong. And when he, you know, makes a, a 25% bet, he seems to be weak. You know, different things like that. But they're going to hear the thought process, and they're going to learn from it. And the, the amazing part also is they, these great players could be wrong right in front of the whole world. They right. could be human. They're not going to be right all the time. And people are going to get to watch this and learn from it. And it's going to be really exciting to see. It's just a single page in a logo right now. But go check out good, goodbeatpoker.com and sign up to get more information. And they'll contact you when things are starting to roll. I hope you're going to be one of the players because uh, I can't think of a better guy to sit there and listen to, especially in stud, which you're such an expert at. Uh, when is the time when you got – you got a pair showing or maybe you have a, you know, a nice pair underneath and when you raise and when you decide to just kind of lay back and call and uh, not eliminate people when you have a good hand. Yeah. What an ex you, you see, uh, most people don't understand the intricacies of stud and the similarities in all poker games. Uh, and by the way, I didn't want to interrupt Matt Savage when he was on, but Mike Sexton was a great stud player. It's just like in certain levels of any major sport or competition uh mike played stud at the highest level and people who are considered really good players wouldn't necessarily realize how great mike is because he the, the key to me to be a great player is to be innovative during the game to make moves that are like above it and playing outside the box so to speak and Mike would do that. He'd be very creative. He would see weakness at the table, put in a raise on Fifth Street, setting up a bluff on the river. You know, for instance, if if you knew someone was really strong and their door card was an ace and through the betting, you knew they really did have aces. He might only have a pair of sixes, but he would put in a raise on Fifth Street and take the, the lead in the hand figuring the percentage of the person who had the aces, if they didn't make two pair, they would lay down the aces on the river if they took the strength earlier in the hand. You know, different creativity is the key to being a successful poker player. And in stud, uh, playing ABC poker doesn't get it done. 
And and most players play ABC poker. And having a great memory, remembering the cards that you saw that were folded, uh, that's got to be a huge part of it as well. Yeah, that's massive. You yeah. know, that's that's a massive part of the game. Knowing if someone's board is live or mostly dead, uh, you know, putting in raises to give a perception of your hand, uh, you know, putting in a, a three bet when you know you're in third place, but you're projecting a certain, you know, strength. There's so many intricacies in the game. And Mike was uh, definitely at the top tier of the game. He'll be well, we'll have you back on when it gets a little bit closer, but people right now can sign up for the information and get contacted when it gets a little bit closer. Goodbeatpoker.com is the name of the site. Corey, thanks for the time tonight. Really do appreciate it. Also, thank you to Matt Savage for uh, pulling off the highway on the way home from the golf course out in Vegas and uh, in uh, jumping in with us to talk about Mike Sexton. Always uh, a pleasure, David. You be well. Okay, you too. And uh, by the way, the first basket of the game tonight was was none of the guys you missed, although Duncan Robinson did miss a three to start the game. That's good. So I broke even. I think it was was, uh, uh, Jason Tatum that had the first basket. I'm I'm safe. I'm safe. Let's go heat. Go heat. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Uh, We'll catch you next week on another edition of the show. Joe Castello, thank you for all your work tonight on a tough technical night, and we'll see you later on the next edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 